Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Hoi Chin Chen. Hoi Chin, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Hoi Chin is a CFP. She is the co-owner and financial planner at Pavlov Financial Planning. She embodies a borderless world, giving her insight into the financial challenges of her globe-trotting clients. I'm excited to have you on Hoi Chin, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Um, actually, I'm now the sole owner of Pavlov ah, Financial nice. Planning. Yeah, started uh, since uh, early last year. Um, I am a certified financial planner and then in, in, location independent entrepreneur. I just mean that I work virtually with all my clients uh, at whatever where I might be at any given right. moment. And many of my clients are uh, actually out of the country um, as expats have global career. So that's where I focus my practice on is helping people who have um, basically trouble, basically trying to figure out how to manage their finances across countries for the first time. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm excited to get into all the things that until you find yourself in that situation, you probably never considered. Um, and <laughs> so I, I, I know it must be immense. This is a, do you have a, do you have a sense of how many, um, I, I, I guess, um, people that, that, that are, are maybe from the United States or U S citizens that, that are living abroad? Um, I don't really have uh, statistics. Um, I think people who, um, so this is a community that's pretty unique, a tight knit, you know, like people who are interested, um, you know, going overseas to work. However, there are more people with uh, cross-border or glo- global planning needs than you think because U.S. is an immigrant country. Mm-hmm. So you will probably have people who are, you know, born United States citizens, but they may have grandparents living in other countries. They, you know, they want to give you inheritance, you know, when they pass away, you know, you have family from overseas. So I would say there are more people with that kind of global planning needs than you might otherwise think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly appreciate that. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, how, how, how how should somebody get started? It is a matter of um, I, I I I'm going to be traveling full time. I I got married to somebody who lives outside the country. There's all these different mm-hmm. scenarios. What just maybe maybe share with us mm-hmm. some of the common ones that 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 you run into, or maybe even your personal situation. Yeah, there are so many different situations. I was um, in a separate presentation I, I'm I'm doing at a conference, I was like counting the number of possible combinations of <laughs> different cross-border planning uh, type of clients. I think probably close to a hundred. If you okay. count people, um, you know, if you, if you count a couple who have different, you know, background in terms of type of cross-border planning needs they have, and they get married, so you will end up having. You know, like let's say nine per each, you know, uh, person that can have different types of needs. Nine times nine is like you know eighty-one. So there are so many different possibilities and combinations of needs. Um, 
basically when I look at those, there are three questions that I ask, right? So the first thing is, well, I, I only work with clients with ties in, in the U.S. So either they're immigrants to the U.S. or the U.S. citizens or green card holder who work overseas. So the first question you ask is uh, where your, um, basically your citizenship and your uh, legal immigration status in, in the U.S. So, you know, you have people who are just here on um, work visas who may or may not want to continue staying in the U.S. And you have the citizens and then you have people in between, like people who get the green card, but sort of like on the fence of everyone to become citizen, even though have they have all the uh, responsibility, you know, as liability as a citizen. And then, you know, the, the second question is where they are currently, you know, if they're in the U.S., if they're overseas. And for the people that I work with, because they're globally mobile, you always have to ask the third question is, are you planning to go somewhere else in the future? And a lot of time that question is yes, because they're only in their current country for a limited number of years for assignment. So wherever those three questions answers are, and if they're all three different countries, you know you have a very complicated case. So the question is, how do you coordinate all of those three things or the answers coming from those three questions got it yeah well i'd certainly appreciate that okay (laughs) so i i guess just i'm I'm thinking about it from a sort of a financial planning standpoint some of the the things that popped into my head are obviously dealing with different currencies taxes Mm -hmm. insurances Mm -hmm. saving Mm -hmm. money so how Mm -hmm. do you you just take it one at a time (laughs) Good question. And like every single topic you mentioned is probably worth another an hour just to go deep dive into it. But I would say the first step before you even go so deep into, um, you know, what should I do with X, Y, Z? Think about really at a high level of whether you have the need to keep more than one financial base. When I say financial base, usually means where your assets are and where your income comes from. So um, even for people who are moving around the world to work, if you work for a U.S. employer and you get paid in the U.S., let's say the typical example of that is a diplomat. So you are physically overseas, um, but all of your income assets tied in the U.S. So that makes your life much easier in terms of managing it. Of course, you still have the odd um, problems with you know currency exchange because you live overseas, you need to use money there. But overall, that's easier. So then you move on to, well, you know, my personal philosophy is that you shouldn't, you know, pick the easiest path just because, you know, I tell you, well, if you have only one financial base, you'll be... You don't have to do as much. You know, sometimes your life just leads you different ways. For example, yeah, you mentioned an example, like if you marry somebody, you know, overseas when you're working somewhere and you met your love of your life, you marry this person, and then you immediately create that second country ties, right? So um, the idea is before you do make any decision, like major life decision or career decision, think about, okay, is there a need to create a second um home base, financial home base for you. If yes, if that's the life you want to live, then before you make that decision, start researching the coordination of those two countries or what other things you can do or how to minimize the the ties you can have in the second country if you want to have 
you know, maintain one financial base. So that will be my general approach to um, looking at this. So that's okay. So that's sort of the first step is, does it make sense to, 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 we'll just use, let's just use, use me as an example. Let's say that, mm-hmm. that I'm from the United States and I wanted to go mm-hmm. live in, um, in Sweden, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would need to make the decision if, of keeping the United States as my financial base, or I mm-hmm. could potentially have, have two and then split them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would the benefit be to, to, mm-hmm. I, I think from a simplicity standpoint, probably just leaving one in the United States, but why would I consider doing two? Yeah, it's a cost benefit analysis, right? So, uh, I don't know whether there will be benefit of okay. having a base in Sweden, but sometimes it's, um, for example, if you choose to move to Sweden because you found a job in Sweden in, and then you're getting paid in Kronings and you know, you're under the Swedish social security system and everything. Hmm. So it's, it's basically a choice you made. Like I'm taking this job and you're creating a second financial base in Sweden. Got it. So it's just mm-hmm. just exactly like you said. It's weighing out mm-hmm. the the pros and the cons, and maybe mm-hmm. how much time I'm going to be spending here and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So once you make that decision, what's what what are some of the next steps? Um, the next steps are re- basically if you want to do a, a financial planner's approach. Um, like what you mentioned, like all of those topics. Um, first of all, the um, the some the some of the topics that can happen or that have the cross border ties are cash flow. So this usually more uh, involves in banking and currency exchange. So sometimes that sometimes does not necessarily involve currency exchange, but involves banking. Then you have. Um, Tax. If you work in another country, you have no, knowing whether you have tax liability in another country, or even if you're not working, whether living in another country creates tax liability. For example, for you know people who get a green card in the U.S., they now have um, tax liability for global income. So if they were or they were still, you know, they had a house in their home country, they are renting out. They technically need to report that on their U.S. tax return. So those are the things that people need to know about. And one thing to research is generally start with a tax treaty, uh, the U.S. and the country in your mind. So that's easier if you only have two countries. And some people have, you know, cross-border planning more than two countries. For example, if you're a dual citizen and you're a spouse a dual citizen, but, you know, you're a dual citizen of different countries, <laughs> then you have like three countries, right, in right. this scenario. And then... Then, then, so those are so the things that most people have to think about. Of course, insurance is also part of it. Whether the life insurance you get in the U.S. or overseas coverage or wherever you go, um, life insurance, medical, um, disability, uh, property, uh, the admission liability. So all, all of those things. So those are the things. Even for people without assets, you need to think about. And then you move on to. If you have already accumulated assets, either in the U.S. or other places, how are those assets treated, whether they were making a return and how the return are being taxed? Or if they're not making a return, were they required to be reported somehow for compliance purposes? For example, in the U.S., 
um, even if you um, just have ten thousand dollars equivalent of USD, and, and you may have saved it while you were um, a citizen of another country, or if you're working in a, another country, you just chose to kept it, you know, in a checking account. You technically still need to report it uh, on your U.S. return as uh, on a compliance return, not the tax return. So as long as you you keep that account, you need to report it every year. So that creates extra compliance, you know, time effort on your part. Um, so those are just a few things. We're, we're not even talking about the um, some of the complexity that that might come on the type of investment that you can make and the type of investment account that's available to you. For example, like in the U.S., you have tax advantage accounts, and people might choose to contribute to that first because that's the best for U.S. tax purposes, but you need to know how those are treated in another country that you're currently living in. So those will be covered in tax treaty or not. If it's not covered, then you know you might need to think about whether there will be double tax or it will not be taxed in the U.S., but taxed overseas. So those are a lot of things that you need to think about. Yeah, no, I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So this idea mm-hmm. of a tax treaty, is it just like mm-hmm. it sounds? Like they, the two countries have worked out an understanding of how it was going to, to, to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're kind of, sometimes kind of difficult to understand because it is a um, international legal language. So if you're not, you know, like uh, a lawyer or people sure. who are used to living a lot of IRS uh, documents, that might be a little bit difficult to uh, way through the treaties. What I can tell you is that treaties usually have several components. Um, w- one part, a lot of it's deal with business taxes. So those that you, you can just skip, right? Because unless you, you own a, a small business or you have a business that has cross-border cross revenue or operation that, that follows you. So in that case, you need to fo- focus on the business tax treaty as well. So if it's just your personal income tax, then you can skip the business part. But on the personal side, there are usually also income and gift and estate, which in the U.S. is also separate. But not every country has both income tax treaty and gift and estate tax treaty. So those are also the things you need to think about. I would say it's probably best (laughs) to consult a CPA uh, who has that kind of expertise. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's probably extremely important. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm yeah. somewhat aware of just how complicated our, our tax system is here in the United States versus obviously then having to look at other countries and these international uh, rules and everything else. So mm-hmm. more more and more complexity. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So is there a duration of time that, that you say, okay, you know, if you're just going for six months, you probably mm-hmm. don't need to worry about things too much, or is it if you're going to be working somewhere else and earning an income and spending money, you probably really ought to be thinking about all this stuff. It's a really good question. I think it's still circumstances based. For example, let's say if you if you're going to live in another country for six months, usually there's you know visa requirements, right? And usually c- come. When it comes with visa requirement, that means if you can get the visa to stay in one country for six months, sometimes that just comes with tax liability. Where what whatever um, income source you are, you get, either it's from the country that you went to, or in the U.S. So you need to understand your visa type and how that translate into your tax liability in the countries you go to. 
I also know people, they're six months out of U.S., but they actually travel, you know, the, the typical digital nomads who basically spend, you know, 30 to 60 days in any given country. So usually they do that to circumvent those requirements. Um, but you need to know, you know, what you're doing before you enter any country and know how long you can stay there and know your legal liability and the things you can do and cannot do. Um, on the other hand, of, of sort of like the other spectrum of the digital nomad is the people, even if you only go to a country for six months, but you're legally employed in that country by a local company that has to meet all the requirements of being, for you to being employed in that country, that most likely creates some kind of ties for you in that country, which you might need to sever when you leave. So those are the good things to know about before you take that assignment. Got it. Well, Chen, Savage Nation mm-hmm. is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I would say one thing that I mentioned earlier in, um, well, in our conversation that my philosophy is that you shouldn't live your life differently just because it might be financially complicated. It's, it's especially true for people who, you know, might be thinking about, I want to move overseas. I want to work overseas. I want to have all these life experience. So I don't want whatever I, I just talked about on this podcast to be a deterrent for you to pursue that life. And I also, and that will be the same advice I give you people who might be thinking about just, you know, staying in the U.S., you know, you don't plan to go overseas, but don't let financial complication be a deterrent for how you want to live your life. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. And Hoi Chin, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Um, if you want to learn more about working with me, you can go to my uh, business website, pavlovfp.com. Or if you just want to learn more about the resources uh, specifically for cross-border planning and living overseas, being globally mobile, you can go to a website uh, called Money Matters for Globetrotters, where I've been writing for uh, five years. So you can find a lot of resources on there. Nice. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Hoi Chin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to pavlovfp.com and Money Matters for Globetrotters. Is that what it was? Yes. Money Matters for Globetrotters.com as well, and I'll list those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Hoi Chin. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on